0: Sit back, relax, and let's start the motherfucking beat.
1: That's a, that's a pretty robust setup. Pretty for, for the size, that's pretty it's robust. Pretty
0: <laughs> intense really glad that i finally took the plunge and bought one for myself you know you still work at guitar center i do not no no so we we can talk about guitar center then yeah not that i want to i mean i don't know if that was a bad thing or you left on i don't know what's fucking guitar center
1: i mean i i i'm i'm indifferent about guitar center i disagreed with many of the things that were occurring in my store at the time that i left and that's that's really all there was to it
0: fair enough fair enough well at the moment nobody has any idea who we're talking to unless they've read the introduction and i'm gonna leave them on a cliffhanger because i'm gonna do my intro now hello and welcome to start the beat with sykes i am sykes and this is my podcast before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out last week's episode with my main man, well actually not really my main man, I don't know him that well, but we're homies, T-Funk of the band Solar Burn. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you liked it, and thanks so much for coming back! But, for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome! Please feel free to make yourselves at home, and as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Speaking of beer, I'm drinking a Fathead's Headhunter, and my guest here is sipping on the Trogues Crimson Pistol Hibiscus IPA. And for those of you who still have no idea who we're talking to today, why don't you introduce yourself?
1: My name is Brad <laughs> Brunazzi.
0: <laughs> and uh, what do you do, Brad?
1: Um, I uh, I work...
0: Besides being an ex-employee at Guitar Center.
1: <laughs> I, I like to record bands. Mm-hmm. I do that. I play guitar. I sing
0: in a band called
1: Arcane Haven.
0: Yeah, I've heard of them. Cool. Cool. <laughs> yeah. That's always a good thing to hear. Uh huh. <laughs> I've definitely heard of you guys. I think I may have, may have seen you once or twice. Yeah, played a, played a handful of shows together, you know, yeah. over the past, I don't know, almost decade at this uh, point.
1: Yeah, I think we've known each <laughs> other about 10 years. Yeah.
0: yeah, pretty wild. So going back to all that, I remember the first time I met you was I think at like somebody's graduation party. Maybe, was it like Jennifer Vasco or something? <laughs> <It was> <laughs> something. <laughs> Jenny Crunk. Good yeah, old Jenny Crunk. <laughs> shout out to MySpace. Uh, but yeah, you know, so I remember we played, that was the last Casanova Spark show ever. S-
1: so I had met you actually prior to that. Oh, okay. That
0: was the second time I met okay. you. Okay, my apologies. No, no, no,
1: no, no. It's not your fault because I don't think I don't think that uh, I don't think we ever had like an actual introduction the first time. Okay. Um, the first time I believe Casanova Sparks had played a Battle of the Bands. Oh, in Elizabeth or uh, something. Yeah. Or yeah. Something okay. like that. <clears throat> and I remember seeing you at that show, and then. Like a formally meeting you whenever you uh, played at, at at Jen's graduation party.
0: <laughs> yeah, Uh Jen's Jaded... guitar player because our guitar player drove. He drove to the show, yeah. and then he was like, oh, "I got to get out of here." Like he said, he, said he was going to go somewhere, and he was going to be back. And he just quit <clears throat> the band. He never came back, so we played the show without a guitar player.
1: I remember that. I do remember that. And That yeah. was our
0: last show ever. Yep. Wow, <laughs> that was so long ago. Jaden yep. Holly played that too, didn't they? They might have. I think, I don't remember, I remember, all I remember is, I think we might have missed some bands, like we showed up late or left early because we didn't know what was going on with our guitar player. It was a super awkward day for us.
1: Yeah, I don't remember. That was so long ago. (laughs) That was 2000,
0: Probably 8 or 7, 2007 or 8, yeah. Yeah, it was 2008. Yeah, so. uh, I feel old. (laughs) And then I remember not too long after that, you know, we became a little bit more acquainted in... uh, I remember you were trying to get a band together. I remember I think yeah. we had talked about it even at that graduation party. Yeah, so this- actually,
1: <clears throat> actually, you are the reason that we found our drummer. Yes. I think we may have reminisced about this recently.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, because it, a- was,
1: it was through MySpace. We, like, we had a drummer that we had like jammed with a couple times, and then um, Connor, our rhythm guitarist, uh, had gotten a message from Arnold, and, and Arnold Arnold said hey you know my, my buddy Sykes told me that you guys might be looking for a drummer uh, here's here's some stuff that I've recorded in an old band and I remember listening to it and being like wow this is awesome and then I saw Connor's response and he was like we already have a drummer but thanks <laughs> <laughs> so then so then I had to go on there and and apologize for Connor <laughs> And then I messaged Connor and was like, "Hey man, like the dude we're jamming with right now is like kind of cool. But, like we've only played with him twice, and this dude is way better." <laughs> sure. So yeah, but yeah, yeah, good
0: times. And here you are now, Arcane Haven's still a band. Yeah. Granted, you know, people have come, people have gone. The name, the yeah. but the the legacy remains. So. I think a good place to start this conversation since this is normally kind of like a productive sort of meeting of the minds type thing being a, you know, essentially like a DIY independent metal artist slash producer for a decade. You know, how are you feeling 10 years later?
1: Um, well for a few years, um, I didn't really do much in the lines of production. I kind of like took a break from it because I had moved. Like I, kind of started getting into it when I when I was a teenager and lived with my parents. And then whenever I got my own place, I just didn't really have the time or like the equipment that I needed to do it. Well, that too. Yeah, I mean, there there were a few years old. We don't got to talk about that house. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, never again. Burn it down. Burn it to the ground. But anyway, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I, I just didn't, uh, I, I didn't really have, um, you know, the means to do it and, and and feel good about the results that I was getting and everything like that. So and, and for a while, I didn't even have a computer. So um, in a much better place now. <laughs> totally, yeah. But uh, but but yeah. So I, I kind of fell out of it for a while and then um, gradually got back into it. And um, when I got back into it, like things had just changed so much in like the
0: four or five years that I didn't do it. And, um, like things in terms of like your life or in terms of like production and like the equipment available,
1: I think more so the equipment, equipment available and and production, because whenever I first started learning how to play, uh, a lot of guys were using like fire, uh, firestorm or like fire Fire pod. Yeah. And they got sued by line six and had to change the name of it. (laughs) But they were using, like, FireWire ports, and, like, I didn't have that on my computer when I started. And then when I came back into it, that was kind of when, like, USB interfaces were starting to get more popular. So it was just a lot different. Um, You know, when I started, I was using, like, a friggin' computer microphone. You know, it was by no means professional. (laughs) Um, So I don't know. I guess the software changed a lot, too. Like, there had been a lot of new stuff that had come out in between when I stopped and when I started again. Yeah.
0: I feel like there was kind of a few years as well for me where I had always been recording and producing, but I had what I needed to do Mm -hmm. what I needed to do. So I didn't really pay too much attention to what was going on. And then somebody told me about Native Instruments Machine, Mm -hmm. and I was like, I can't believe this exists. It just blew my mind. And then it was only $400 at the time. I was like, what? Like, you know, six years ago, this would have been $2,000 software. And it was just like then I started noticing more that like the accessibility to professional level stuff was just so like so easy to obtain. And everybody was obtaining it and everybody was making music that sounded way too good. (laughs) <laughs> I think that is
1: one of the biggest things that changed in that period was the was what you were saying the accessibility of a lot of that gear. Uh-huh. That was a big thing cuz I remember um I remember when I first started out I don't even I don't even remember I mean I'm sure the complete from Native Instruments was out already but I don't remember what version they were on it was probably like version 3 and from what I remember I don't think there was all that much stuff in it um at least not compared to what's available in there now. Yeah. Um, but at any rate though, yeah, it it just, the, the, you know, software instruments available, uh, the, you know, various like drum sample libraries. I mean, at that point, I don't, I don't even think superior drummer was out at that point in time. So if you wanted to program drums, all you really had was easy drummer.
0: Yeah. There was a thing. Like I remember I've always been a hardware guy, you know, I don't, not really never used like I mean, I had experience with Fruity Loops and things like that, but whenever I made beats, it was always on hardware. And as far as like drum samples go, it was always very, very obvious when drums were fake. And even something as is. simple as like <laughs> it definitely I still. I mean, is. it is, but it's a lot better. Like the sounds are better. True. You know what I mean? Like at least there's like options with tone and more attention to velocity and things yeah, like that. There,
1: there's a lot more libraries available now yeah. too.
0: Um, but even you know, recording guitar direct in, like amp simulation was so butt. And now oh, it's I know like fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and it's very much like, what happened? Like, wh- I felt like I was just sleeping for four years because I was just in my own bubble. And they're like, holy shit. This is why every asshole kid has, you know, albums that sound way better than my bands because we're actually trying to mic cabs still. Look <laughs> at us fucking idiots recording real drums <laughs> who needs that <laughs> we'll get we'll get there don't worry <laughs> we'll get there but uh yeah so how do you feel about the guitar stuff as far Because you are a guitar player i know <clears throat> the, your other things but you're a very good guitar player so you would probably have a much better insight into this than me because i don't know i don't play guitar you know i'm not like a tone guy really but you are probably so, how well, do you I most, feel? I most definitely am. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> so uh, are we talking like uh, just
0: like with like direct in amp simulating and things like that, and maybe even the stuff that like the hybrid stuff, like Axe Effects. Like, what what the fuck is that? It's a computer amp, you know, things like that. <laughs> like, how do you feel about this stuff?
1: So, I think that Axe Effects is cool. Um, I, I I hear a lot of really good tones come from those units. I've always kind of felt that they had a weird sort of upper mid range sort of thing to them, which which is a good thing because it I I haven't heard quite the same tone out of any other thing. So I, I guess in a way it gives, you know, Axe Effects its own sound. Um but you know it all depends on what you're trying to do with it. Sure. It, it caters um, to
0: a genre of music. Oh yeah. And like a genre that wouldn't be possible if it wasn't for the technology, which makes the technology kind of interesting.
1: Exactly. And and in terms of like other things that are alternatives, um I, the 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 new Line 6 Helix is righteous. <laughs> oh yeah? It's awesome. I mean, it, like I I think what like, is that? Is a is it a is it like a
0: head or
1: it is software? basically line six's answer to the Effects. Okay. So it, it is similar to what the pods used to be, but way better. Okay. Um, they just they they were able to remodel everything and and from what I understand, I think they were even able to model like individual transistors and capacitors and tubes and all of this kind of ridiculous stuff. There were like so many different parameters that they were able to to, to model with the Helix units. And um it just it has a dynamic to it that feels like a real amp that I haven't really found with very many other like modeling units. Like the Effects is is nice, but I, I think that they're at least based on my experience, there is just an extra like five percent of like that sense of realism with the Helix. Plus, they have a PRS Archon model, which is like the best metal amp available right now. So, you know, that's that's a pretty good selling point for me anyway. Um so, like in terms of hardware units, I think that those are cool. Uh, the Kemper does some really awesome stuff because you can profile your hardware amps.
0: Real quick, I just think it's funny how like Line Six was like the kid that got bullied in high school. Now <laughs> it's like, watch me now, motherfuckers. I
1: think is that the, that accurate. I think the spider line of amps really didn't do a whole lot of good for them. <laughs> because the spider line of amps is the amp that every teenage metal kid goes into guitar center and cranks it up halfway. And <laughs> you would know. I would know. I worked there. <laughs> so, you know, and and, and I, I will say I think that line six gets a lot of unjustified hate in in many ways. You know, I by no means think that they are a holy grail of tone, but I think that if you know what you're doing when it comes to dialing in the sound, you can get some really yeah. awesome tones out of I've those. I've
0: seen a lot of bands, more in, like, maybe the rock or post-hardcore that tour with, like, those pods. Me, and, and, it Bri- seems like me and
1: Brian both use Pod HD Pro Xs. I just
0: think that they're probably super versatile, especially for the road, just, like, kind of like a good, like, all-in-one sort of unit that is Definitely. reliable and probably cheap enough to replace if something gets fucked up with it.
1: Exactly. And, and like the other thing, too, that you have to consider with those units, and this is really with any modeling. It should be actually stated that this also extends to any software modeling. When you're plugging an amp into a cab, you are hearing the sound of the speaker. When you plug your guitar into an Axe or a Line 6 unit or a software amp sim that has speaker simulation, you're not hearing the sound of the speaker, you're hearing the sound of the speaker and the mic. So that being said, it's not gonna sound the same. And I think that a lot of the reason that people have kind of ripped on amp simulators for so many years is because of the fact that they have this expectation in their head that, oh, this is a model of a 5150, it's going to sound exactly like a 5150. And this is a model of a Mesa cab, it's going to sound exactly like a Mesa cab. And no, that's not the case. It'll sound like a Mesa cab that has been recorded, if it's a good you with, know cab with, model, but, yeah. but it's not going to sound like a live Mesa cab in a room. You know what I mean?
0: Especially if you're not cranking it as loud, Ex- and you're not able to feel it.
1: Exactly. And that's sort of the other side of things, too, is that like, everything sounds better loud <laughs> everything does so you know right? like <laughs> yeah. right, does it sound better <laughs> so so like uh, you know that that's kind of the thing with that and then in terms of software it's going to brick wall this whole podcast <laughs> just talk right into the <laughs> mic yeah yes this is it so so uh, so that that's sort of my feelings on the hardware ones and then with software you know it's it's much of the same i think there's a lot of oldies but goodies when it comes to like in you know, a software amp simulation. I think that the the LePou slash poolin stuff that's available. Um, Lapu, Lapu. <laughs> Le-poo, um I think that it, you know what he he's got like five or six different amp sims. Uh he's got one of like a like an Angle a Marshall, uh there's a Mesa, some other one that kind of almost looks like a Carvin Legacy but I don't think it is. And then he's got some one that he just yeah. was his own invention.
0: But they sound good. The Greywalker guys are really all about the angle stuff. Mm-hmm. I know Ricky Ricky really really wants an angle head, and I think it was just too much of a pain in the ass for them to acquire one at the time when they had money. So they ended up with those Randall Satan's. Yeah, which and those still, Randall Satan's are they're pretty, pretty awesome fucking though. good heads. Yeah. We're not complaining, dude. And you know what? You know what's funny? You
1: know what's you know what's really funny though is that Randall has has had some really cool design ideas over the years. Like they had. Um, they had a few. They, they, a few years ago, they had an amp that was a massive flop, but it was an amp where you could actually take the preamp sections of each channel out of the amp and replace them with different modules that would I give you I different sounds. I remember seeing that or hearing about that. Dude, yeah such a cool idea, but it just did not take off because I and, and I've never had an experience with one, so I have no idea what they sound like, but uh, or what they feel like even. But I mean. I think that that sounds pretty cool, you know, because it, it you get this amp and you can just change things out and tweak it and do whatever you want with it. But I think just the fact that there was so much like digital modeling available at the time, it just didn't take off. And sometimes I feel like people kind of scoff at Randall, which much like line six is pretty unjustified if you know what yeah. you're doing. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but yeah,
0: I don't know the, uh, that that's, the, the satans are awesome <laughs> they sound really <laughs> awesome yeah they're they're really really good i think for what we do i think that's another thing too where you need to like look at the equipment that's going to work best for the result that you want yeah. with your band you know like those amps are just like super tight and bitey for and that's it's good for what we're doing all of, like very fast riffy attacky stuff it really yeah. comes through like that was like one of the first times, like really being able to hear in person with an amp the difference between like cause I, I forget what they were both. I think they were playing through fifty one fifties before, and I it believe was you're like, correct. Yeah, and it was like night and day with like the clarity just between the two.
1: Do they do they boost those Randall Satan's with an overdrive pedal?
0: I do not know. I if, think I think that I believe I think that they do. I think that there is like a like a green, a green pedal.
1: Yeah, it's a, a tube screamer. This, yeah,
0: yeah. I think there's a tube screamer I've seen somewhere. Again, I'm not a guitar guy. That's it, fine. It's fine. <laughs> but yeah, I think. But I, as far as I am concerned, I think more recently they've been talking about getting rid of their. I don't know. You'd have to talk to them. I don't know. I don't pay attention to it. I'm <laughs> like, just make it sound good. I don't care. Not my thing. <laughs> as long as it sounds good. That's all that matters. <laughs> what's the, what would the difference be
1: though? Oh, uh, d- just uh, if you put an overdrive into the front of an amp, it tends to kind of tighten up the low end and make things a little bit more punchy okay. and cut more with the mid Well, I think, like,
0: even though, I know that even if they did switch between them, I think nothing else changed in their setup besides the head at gotcha. the time. Because, uh I mean, that I'm pretty sure whenever they got them, there was, like, a sound test day, you know, where, like, they still had one fifty one fifty 150 plugged in those, so we could just hear, we were, like, listening to the differences, and it was, like, whoa. Yeah. Way different.
1: Yeah, (laughs) the 5150s are really awesome amps, but they tend to be gnarly. Yeah, I think like not always in a good way, though.
0: I think they're probably better if you're just doing stuff that's not so busy. That doesn't need to be articulated.
1: Yeah, like Like, they're they're definitely good for like if you're looking for something that's going to be really chunky sounding, but you still want to have that like sort of metal edge to the tone. But anything that needs to be super articulate, especially with what you guys are playing, I, I maybe like a fifty-one fifty-three might be a little bit better. But like the block letter, like original fifty-one fifties, they're just too thick, way too thick for yeah. that kind of stuff. Yeah, it was
0: definitely a much more muddy sound.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: They they have a very specific
1: application. Uh, you know, the, those original fifty-one fifties, like they're they're cool, but they're not
0: the most versatile thing in the world. So. As a songwriter and, you know, working in the same project that has been, you know, doing the same kind of stuff, you haven't, like, taken your pop side quest yet or anything like that. Um, you know, this could be said for Greywalker, too. You know, we play music that is, to an extent, a bit dated, kind of overshadowed by the the modern whatever, you know, whether it be gent or, like, extreme to a point that the songs are nonsense whatever you know different genres and stuff how do you as a songwriter kind of stick to your guns while remaining modern because i actually think arcane haven does a good job at that you know i've noticed that like you know you've got a little bit more like you uh you kind of tip your hat to like the heavy breakdowny stuff and still but still work it into like what is the traditional arcane haven sound Okay. Is that intentional? Or do um, you think that like, whenever you're writing, are you writing to the modern times, or are you just doing what you want to do, or is it a mix of both?
1: I am a firm believer that as a musician, your favorite band should be your own band. So I just try to write music that I want to listen to. Yeah. I don't really care if other people like it. I just like writing music, and... You know, I'm very picky when it comes to certain things that I like when it comes to music. Like to be honest, like even even though I I would consider myself a metalhead and I listen to a lot of metal, but to be honest, like I am very picky about it. Sure. I'm, I'm very the same. picky about it. So, and, and and I think a lot of that just comes from the fact that metal is such a broad, massive genre. I mean, it, it is by far the largest genre of music and it is the only genre of music that you could probably make up 20 different subgenres that while a lot of people will argue are stupid and 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 you know unnecessary but really they are cuz if you say you're in a metal band that could mean anything that could mean Metallica you can, you that do could mean with,
0: Cannibal Corpse you could do it with hip hop or rap yeah as yeah. well in that alone and, right there shows you right right so but but like (laughs)
1: and then like like with hip-hop and rap obviously you have that you know with electronic music you have that yeah but when it comes to metal oh it is very very fine just so much stuff
0: like i like black metal oh do you like black metal do you right right like death do you really like grindcore What's your favorite grindcore band? I wrestled a bear once. Right, right,
1: yeah. You, like you could hear people say black metal, and then you have people who who are like, "Oh, do you mean like Cradle of Filth, or do you mean like the guys that are plugging a Boss Metal Zone into a into a, a t- directly a, into an interface into a megaphone?" Right, right. Like you know, and 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 I don't know. I'm not really part of that scene, so I can't speak about a lot of that stuff with with a lot of you know experience behind it. But at any rate, though. Um, getting back to your question, though, with with kind of sticking to our guns with with the kind of music that we play, um, honestly, like I mean, my tastes constantly evolve, and I think that one of the saving graces that we have as a band is that Danny and I do have somewhat unique voices for the style of stuff that we're doing, and sometimes I'll listen to like an instrumental track that we have for like a heavier song. And I'll be like, Oh man, I don't know if this really fits with us. I don't know if this really sounds like us. And then as soon as Danny comes in and tracks vocals, it sounds like us. And, and I think that that is definitely something that helps us kind of glue those pieces together. Um, now on that note, like our, our new album that we are, are just now wrapping up, it, it's an amoeba. It's all over the place. Like, we have an acoustic track on it. We have a, like, big, open, ambient, like, massive reverb kind of track on it that's that's super soft. Has this big orchestral section at the end. And then we have another song that's like, if you took Iowa-era Slipknot and made it even more angry. So, like, it's all over the place. Um and, and that's something that's something that I I pride but none us... of that
0: surprises me though it's right just as far as like knowing you and being familiar with the band
1: fair enough fair enough so but uh, you know I, I, in terms of, of, of like what I do to 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 stick to that I, I guess you could say it's intentional because you know like when I when I think of and, and we're by no means a perfect band and I am by no means a perfect musician but when I think of what what my image. Of the perfect song is, or the perfect style of music is, like that is what I try to write. Yeah. So, I, I, I guess that's that's kind of what what helps, you know, keep me magnetized to that sort of sound in yeah. a way.
0: I do appreciate Arcane Haven's song structures. They're very well thought out and articulate. They're nothing crazy, but they work. They are songs. They're songs. I, I like bands. I appreciate that. I like bands that write songs, you know what I mean? As do I. A lot of bands, regardless of how good the fucking people are in the band, they have a hard time writing a song. And I think a lot of people don't understand that concept of write a fucking song. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Do you know what I'm saying to you?
1: If you're a metal musician and you want to write catchy songs, listen to pop music. Totally. Listen to shit like Kesha. Listen to stuff like Katy Perry, uh, Rihanna. M, whatever the hell you want to listen to, uh System of a Down is one of my
0: biggest influences. Oh, and yeah. I know that they're not a pop band, but if you listen to their music they were a band that did like progressive music, like progressive new metal in a pop format. Exactly. <laughs> it they are they are <laughs> by
1: far the weirdest band that I have ever encountered because I never heard anything that sounded like them prior, have never heard anything that sounded like them since. And the the weirdest thing about that band. Is they're not that good. Like none of the members of that band are anything groundbreaking at their instruments. But something about those four people coming together to write music is just magical. It's like putting
0: like it's sorry putting like a fucking hamburger patty ketchup mustard and cheese on a bun like for whatever things but it could be like oh my god this is the best fucking thing or like
1: a smoothie dude like when i make smoothies i just dump (laughs) a bunch of shit into a blender it doesn't matter to me like strawberries blueberries berry mix bananas spinach i don't give a shit i'll put it all in there you know
0: the the way i feel about system of a down is kind of how i've always felt about mindless self indulgence as well where they're like this isn't anything great but there's it had such a profound impact on me for how fucking wild right. and out outside the box. It was years later. I come to find out that actually Jimmy urine and surge are friends and they've done music together and stuff like that. And <laughs> it, it all just makes fucking sense. makes sense. It just all it's makes like, sense. And then now listening to this stuff, it's like old MSI. It's they, they sound like the same band. One's just electronics and one's with live instruments. They were like had like similar song structures and ways to approaching music, but just on, two different spectrums
1: yep i would i would agree with that like i i don't listen to mindless self-indulgence like actively but like anything that i have heard from them like i would definitely i would definitely put them in the same category as like system of a down maybe in a different context but like
0: you know it's stuff that was super wild but at its core they were songs
1: right and that's (laughs) and and you know like the other thing about system of a down too and like From a production standpoint, you would think that this drives me nuts because like, I'm very OCD when it comes to the way that things sound. But with System of a Down, one thing that I have always appreciated about that band is that they never tried too hard. If you listen to their music and you listen to like the guitar that you're hearing out of the right ear and the guitar that you're hearing out of the left ear when you're listening to music. I don't know why I just did that reverse with my hands. <laughs> nobody knows. Uh, <laughs> nobody can see me right now. Um, everybody can see you. <laughs> But 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 if you listen, like, if you really focus on the guitar on their records and you listen to the left ear and the right ear, you can hear Darren play inconsistently. You can hear him, like, flub a note a little bit. And I just always thought that that was something that was really cool because they left those imperfections in the music. And that's just not something that you see frequently now.
0: Well, I think that was kind of a... Ross Robinson did this albums, right?
1: Rick Rubin Rick was the Rubin. producer. Okay. They had somebody else mix them, though. Okay.
0: Because I, I you're right. Rick Rubin did do that stuff. I know that was a big Ross Robinson thing, especially with that early Slipknot stuff was like leaving in inconsistencies and things like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I agree um, with being able to hear those flaws and like vocal takes that aren't perfect and mm-hmm. things that are out of key. But what's cool about it is it sounds like I listen to it and it sounds like a bunch of guys in a room playing music.
1: Yep, exactly. My
0: problem now, especially with a lot of metal, people are like, you got to check out this band. They're fucking sick. I hear it, and I'm like, oh, this is a great electronic song that sounds like a metal song, but this is electronic music.
1: I've pretty much been in the same boat. <laughs> I, like, whenever whenever I see, like, new musical, and, and this is a really terrible thing to say as a musician and as a person who records music, but anytime I see, like, new metal bands or whatever you want to consider them now, because they have integrated so many other sounds into that, into that sound now. But anytime I see another one of those bands, like kind of pick up in popularity, like I have a hard time like working up the motivation to even check it out because like just the way that a lot of the trends in that music have been going the last few years. Like I I feel like sometimes I just have this like preconceived notion of what it's going to sound like. And anytime that I try to look past that and listen to it, it always is what I thought it was gonna be. And like that's something that I really miss about like a lot of the music that came out of the early two thousands is that I never felt like that. Like everything still felt fresh. You know what I mean?
0: Well, yeah. How much of it do you think that was production versus you just being but like not behind the curtain?
1: Oh, I think that a lot of it is is production because because the way that a lot of the music is sure. produced now, like kinda kinda going back to what we were talking about earlier about like but,
0: uh- if you were like 14 now listening to these new metal bands.
1: Oh, I see what you're asking. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know because I'm not in that position. And now, now that I do the production end of things, I have a really hard time like kind of stepping out of those shoes. Like, I
0: wonder if like, you know, the system of a down album sound the way that like grunge or late 80s stuff sounded to us. That's a good
1: point. It's a very good point. I think a lot of it for me is just the fact that, even not from a production standpoint, I just feel like a lot of things do sound very computerized now. Oh yeah, like I I liked how like part of the reason I like System of a Down is because of those imperfections. But in mo- in a lot of modern music, I don't hear any imperfections. And it just doesn't sound realistic to me a lot of times. Now there are, there are some really good bands out there. Like I like I think that in terms of metal right now, I think Periphery is awesome. And I think that, that that one of the cool things about that band too is that they don't take themselves too seriously. And that's something that I think a lot of you know is is missing from a lot of other aspects of that sort of world of of music right now. And I think that the other thing that goes along with it too is that because of the accessibility of recording equipment and software and stuff like that, it's a lot easier for people to record their own stuff. So there's just this big saturation of music. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm sure, like, I, I'm not, you know, really involved in any of, like, the hip-hop side of things, but I'm sure that, that, that it's like that even there, too.
0: Oh, it's like that everywhere. Right. In any, any niche subgenre that you could yeah. possibly think of, it's like that. Everybody has access to everything. Right. Everybody has a recording studio, photography studio, worldwide distribution center in their pocket.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: <laughs> if you really want it, yeah, it's there. So that's a problem. But it's it's. I think everybody has the right to like share their shit with the world. Oh it's yeah, absolutely. Kinda, I don't know. I, it just sucks. It's when, a double edged like, sword. It sucks like you know when you're in it and you're just yeah you know. Not that I feel that, like, my band is better than a lot of bands, but my band's better than a lot of bands, as is your band. I, you know, it's like, we appreciate that. we Thank both, you. like, and, like, I don't want to be, this like, oh, we've been doing this for so fucking long, but it's just, like, we have. And, like, I don't know how you feel about this, but it's, like, you know, like, I'm tired of, like, being on this level of playing shows with, like, these new bands that just don't give a shit. And you know they're going to be done in like a year. And it's just like, I'm tired of pretending like I want to be friends with you people.
1: I <laughs> Fuck. I don't think that I have seen a new band come out of the local area that lasted more than a couple months to a year since the era of music that we, that, that like I came out of and that Sykes came out of like I see new bands spring up every now and then, but
0: there are there 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 are bands. But I mean like that's the thing is like I could probably name like between like five and ten good bands in Pittsburgh that I could back. But that's a really small number when you think about the amount of bands that are in
1: Pittsburgh. Right. And 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 I I think the other thing too is that like from like a, like a metal standpoint, I think that a lot of other people's, like, like like concert goers, I think that a lot of the tastes have shifted. And that's why like, you know, a, a year or two ago, there was a big surge of, of pop punk popularity and indie popularity. And I, I'll, I'll be honest with you, we've been working on our album for so long that I'm a little bit disconnected from the local scene right now. So I don't know what is popular at the moment. <laughs> um, but like with the... With with a lot of that stuff, though, too, I I, I think that, like, when I think of, when I think back, let me put it this way, when I think back to the scene that, like, I came up in, w- like, around the time that I met you, you had Club Octane. Yeah. And Club Octane sustained at least for a couple years, you know, before it, was it closed. It was like a
0: venue, it, like, catered it, to heavier music
1: yeah exactly it was a place where you could count on there being a hardcore or a metal show almost every weekend if not every couple days and it 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 sustained a relatively healthy scene just on its own and right now i think that the pittsburgh area is really hurting in a lot of ways because the only venues really where you're going to see that kind of music is you know Mr. Small's occasionally, maybe sometimes the Rex. Yeah, the uh, bigger I think, venues. I think Diesel recently started doing yeah, concerts again. Yeah, we we played at Diesel. Right. So, but like but the, the but the problem is that like there is nowhere really for local bands to come up. I mean, I guess you have like the Roboto project. That's still open, correct? Roboto is good, but it does not
0: cater to metal. Right. It's more of a hardcore venue, correct? I I mean, barely even that anymore, really. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's there's just not I guess it's, like, a thing with, like, bands that are trending with younger, you know. I just don't think there are, like, a whole lot of younger kids that want to do, like, hardcore or metal. I'm not saying they're not out there. They could be. But I don't know who they are.
1: Right, right, right. And then
0: I guess the other thing, too, is, like, to rewind the conversation and just, like, talking smack on other bands. Like, there are good bands around here, but most of the bands that we play with locally obviously just don't give a fuck. Like they are bands that show up late, leave early, don't have any merch, don't talk to anybody. It's like, why the fuck are you even doing this? What are you here I, for?
1: I do think that there is a level of passion that is absent. I I I absolutely think that, and I, and I think that that affects like kind of all facets of that, like literally everything you just said, and and I think that the other part of it too is that the fact that there is not. Really, I mean, I guess you could consider Kino Cafe to sort of fit into this, but I, I don't really I see a lot so of shows. Away, yeah. yeah, it's so far out of the city, and I don't see a lot of shows happening out there yeah, these just, days.
0: There isn't like the all ages hub. Exactly, like, there's nowhere there in Pittsburgh for like it's there's some Twenty One Up places. Yeah, where like there. Can play
1: with us. Like, it, it's just there needs to be an all ages local friendly venue that is small enough to support having local bands play consistently but large enough to support national acts as well smaller national acts yeah. like like i feel like when club octane closed what, what was it like probably 6 years ago now i mean it's been forever
0: is that's probably seven maybe even longer year. yeah it's been In longer 2010
1: yeah so like but but since that since that venue closed there was just a void that never got filled at least not consistently filled Um, And I feel like just over the time that has passed since then, the scene around here locally has just drastically declined.
0: You remember that one time we played at Club Octane together and they couldn't get the aux cable to work? So I had you and Arnie just riff on stuff and I freestyled for like a
1: half hour. I do remember that. (laughs) Holy shit. I forgot
0: about that. I
1: forgot all about that. Wow. (laughs) <laughs> i do remember that though that was uh uh who was that show with was that the show with uh with asking alexandria
0: i don't fucking know i don't I played know with so many bands i shouldn't have in that place
1: yeah there was well because yeah because that was when asking alexandria like first came over to the u.s and i think that was one of their first u.s shows was a club octane um i don't remember what show that was but yeah no i i do remember that though that was those were good times man those were good times very good times
0: yeah that was like a that was a cool space i'm sure that's like one of those things where like you ever have nostalgia for something and then like you actually like a tv show or a movie and you're like oh that was great and then you go back and you watch it again you're like oh this sucked i feel like if i were to go back into octane now i'd be like what the fuck
1: oh octane was (laughs) terrible it was awful. I mean, you watched bands in this hot room that was not air conditioned and also not heated in the wintertime, And then, in between bands, you would go into the next room because everyone. It in was that an room, ashtray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> like, like literally, the carpet had just cigarette ash compounded <laughs> into it. Like, no vacuum cleaner or, or or Kirby unit in the world would be able to like clean that carpet. And and it was just hot boxed constantly, but. Because of how hot or how cold the room next over would get, everyone would flood in there whether they smoked or not. So you would have that cigarette smoke and you would have that moisture and it was just awful, awful. There was not a single show that I played at Club Octane that had more than 50 to 100 people that I did not get a horrible sinus infection the next day. But I'm sorry to hear that. But there are a lot of positive memories that I hold, you know, dear to that venue. Totally. So, oh, all great things come with sacrifice.
0: Yeah, I, but I don't know. I just I, so you're recording this new album. Yeah, well, it's recorded. I guess you're. Where are you in post production now? What are you doing?
1: We are wrapping up vocals.
0: Okay. So what the fuck are you gonna do when this albums done? What are you gonna do? There's no way for you to play. All the bands around here are shit. Nobody wants to be your friend. What the fuck are you gonna do? You can't release an album. Nobody wants to listen to it. What are you gonna do?
1: It's a great question.
0: What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Well, <laughs> no, but uh, genuinely, the, like,
1: like the 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 plan is we want to shop it. Um, I would really like to have us look into management. I, I'm I'm less concerned with trying to find label support. And more concerned with finding us a person who can get us the connections. You need to be on tours, connected. Yeah, consistently. Like
0: a, man, management can be kind of bullshit. It's one of those things skinny, where I don't.
1: I if somebody is like, "Yeah, you pay me this much per month," that, that's that's co- that's sort of when I, I take a step back and I'm more, like, eh. "I would
0: focus more on <laughs> on the words like like publicist." Yes, management. Eh, what is that?
1: Yeah, it's true. It's
0: very broad. You got to get a little bit more fine tuned. I think because I mean, at least that's where my head at is at is thinking like publicist, good booking agent. I can manage myself. I don't need anybody to manage me. Publicist and booking agent would
1: be a better and more precise, you know, wording of what we what we would need to be looking for. Um, But in terms of releasing, what we'd like to do is we would like to try and. I mean, we're trying to come up with like a promotional game plan. Um, you know, we want to make sure that we're we're proper, properly promoting the thing that we've been working on for the past like three years, <laughs> four years almost, yeah, because it's taken entirely too long. And we did have lineup changes in between. so and Mike had two spinal surgeries. so I mean, there's 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 been some setbacks.
0: Um, but yeah, I mean, it, at this point, it's like, well, what's the rush?
1: Right. <laughs> and that's part of the reason that we haven't played any <laughs> shows recently is because, like, who wants to come and see us when we've been playing the same
0: fucking six songs well, I mean, for the past working, four years? You're working. You did, like, a music video shoot. We played we with did. you at Millvale. That so is true. Yeah. we played both of those shows. And mm-hmm. it seems like you're, you're working slowly, but you're working.
1: Yeah, and and that's the other thing, too, is, like, we all have jobs, and we're all adults now, and we're all like not teenagers anymore. So it makes it a lot harder to get shit done. Yeah. So, but yeah, we're 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 almost done. We're we're finally in you know the final stages here. Uh, Danny's got about four songs. Uh, actually, uh, Danny and I both have our vocals done for two different songs. Cool. So it's just a matter of uh, wrapping up. Uh, we're doing twelve songs total. So it's just a matter of wrapping up those those last few. And then um, after that, all we have to do is mix and master.
0: I think that that's another thing kind of going into the... Going back to me harping on younger bands and being mad about the way they present themselves is the fact that, much like with Greywalker, we don't have all the time in the world. We all have jobs. Some of us are have gone back to school. Some of us have children. Right. All kinds of stuff, but so we we don't have all the time in the world, but we still do so much more than all these younger bands that have all the fucking time in the world. Take advantage of this. It just fucking kills me to see because like I could see the talent. It it kills me if I like see a bit like oh they played a good set, but they're not present. Like in the community, they're not present as a. I don't want to say a brand, but you know what I mean. Like they're just not right. marketing themselves. It's like get it together because like if I had the access now, like then, like I wish I would have. I wish I wouldn't have been such a shithead when I was your age. You know. Yeah. That's kind of like I guess it's kind of like me being mad at myself through somebody and like put it, you're, projecting. You're, you're projecting, it onto the, yeah. <laughs> you
1: know. I think that the other side of, th- of that too is. um Because of the fact that recording equipment is so accessible now, I feel like YouTube and SoundCloud and other services like that have, in a way, kind of put a damper on live music as well. Because I see a lot of bands that are basically studio bands. They'll put stuff up on the internet and it sounds awesome. And you might be like, wow, I really wish that I could go and see them live, but they don't ever play because they're not a real band. You know what I mean? Like they only exist in the studio or on YouTube rather so I think that that's kind of the other side now now that's not you know gonna be as, as common <clears throat> but if those bands were out planned shows in their in their hometowns and every band that does that was out planned shows in their hometown we would probably be looking at a little bit healthier of, of a local scene you know
0: a lot of it too has to deal with people that want to actually come out to shows not even Bands. oh yeah
1: that's for sure and and youtube i think has been a big factor on that as well like why would you want to go and see a band if you could just look up their their professionally shot live videos on youtube what's the point in going to the show at that uh-huh point? Why would you pay a hundred dollars to go and see Metallica when you can watch their entire Rock'em Ring yeah. set on YouTube? Every
0: everybody's too busy to do anything, but they're not doing anything. Like nobody's right. Everybody's busy doing nothing. It's that's that's probably the best way that I've ever heard it put. <laughs> everybody's too busy developing carpal
1: tunnel from holding their phones and texting all day. Yeah. So, but yeah, no,
0: it, it, it yeah, I would agree with all that. Outside of work and recording music and playing in a band and all this stuff what does Brad do
1: like my work or like No my outside of
0: work and hobbies oh, oh, I'm sorry, like, what, I'm sorry. What, like what do you do to you know get away from um, everything
1: or do you just not I I watch a lot of anime <laughs> and I play a lot of video games Okay and um Yeah, (laughs) that's pretty much that's pretty much it. I'm somewhat of a recluse. Um, You know, when people invite me out, uh, sometimes I can talk myself into going out and being social. But uh, oftentimes, if that does not happen, I'm usually sitting at home watching Naruto or, you know, Attack on Titan. Most recently, One Punch Man. Have you watched
0: that? nah not yet a lot of people
1: it is awesome everybody's raved about it. it is level 10 i would even say level 11 out of 10 like i did not expect to like that anime as much as i did yeah
0: i'm pretty sure that i'm gonna love it and that's a big part of the reason why i haven't even dove in yet like i just i i watched
1: the english dub i do not know how the subtitled version compares but the English dub was very enjoyable. <laughs> I like I you know what it's about, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just basically a superhero cartoon. So like I went into it and I was like, all right. So let me get this straight. This guy's a superhero. He's stronger than everyone, and he kills all of his opponents in one punch. Where can you possibly go with that story? And then you watch episode one and you're like, ah, oh, this is pretty good. This is pretty good. So then you watch episode two, and you're like, oh, shit. And then you watch episode three, and then you can't stop them until you're completely done watching the entire anime. I watched all 12 episodes of that anime in one sitting. (laughs) I just couldn't stop watching it. I've never had that happen with (laughs) any other TV show. It was only One Punch Man. So that being said, hey, You did it in One Punch. I did it. I did it. I I watched that whole anime in One Punch. (laughs) So... (laughs) So uh so yeah that that and um and, and video games. I uh I I'm, I'm very saucy. I don't think saucy is the word I wanted. <laughs> I think salty is I the mean, word that I wanted. You are saucy.
0: You're a saucy boy. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm uh, I'm a little bit salty about the current like status of modern video games. Okay. I get a little upset, you know, not necessarily outwardly like, to the point that I want to bitch about it frequently, but like inside i feel very heartbroken whenever i see video games get really really popular because i play the video game and i'm like wow this is the same shit like
0: it's like when your friends try to show you new bands
1: yeah yeah dude <laughs> like i like i i played um i played fallout 4 recently and i probably put 140 hours into that game because it was enjoyable but like it wasn't compelling. Like, it had a cool backstory, I guess. Like, if you read into the backstory of the whole Fallout series, it's kind of cool. But, like, the game itself was just... It was a palate cleanser. Like, it, it's a game that I would play to segue and, and and, like, cleanse my mind of a game that I just finished. Like, if I played, like, a really compelling game, like something out of the Metal Gear series or something... Fallout 4 or something like Skyrim is what I would put in between there to just kill the time until I start something else. It's not that they're bad games, but like I remember a point in time where video games had this just amazing replayability. Like Ocarina of Time, Majora's Mask, uh, the original Metal Gear Solid, any of the first six Mega Man games, like there were just so many good games that came out of the eighties and nineties and even the early two thousands that just had such replayability like hell. Metroid has some amazing games. Metro the remake of the original Metroid for uh, game boy advance. I've probably beaten that game 10 or more times. I've beaten it on every difficulty. Same thing with Metroid prime. They just had really good play playability. The stories I mean, the story in Prime was cool, but the story in Zero Mission, there wasn't really all that much of a story to it. But there was just something compelling about those games. And I just feel like it's really lacking in a
0: lot of the the more
1: modern stuff.
0: I was really, really into games when I was younger. And I think, you know, along with me not keeping up with television or movies, like, you know, I, I just ended up putting a lot of time into art and music, yeah. you know, like more and more. So I don't really like spend a whole lot of time in indulging in like the artistic projects that other people have completed. Cause I want to like spend that time making your doing own. my own. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I think that one thing that really helped, especially with gaming was that I started finding games to not be compelling. Like I just wasn't interested in anything that was coming out. It takes a I tr- lot of I would, searching to find something. Would try to out. play stuff and I just wasn't into it. And I just kind of gave up. And then everybody that I'm surrounded with, like most of my close friends, everyone in Grey Walker, for the most part, gamers. You know, uh, I know a lot about modern games just from hanging out after practice, watching them play, hearing about stuff. I even like listen to a podcast that's about video games just because I've been listening to it for years and I still listen to it. So I I know what's going on, but I never hear about anything that's, or see anything that's like, I want to play that. Like, I was watching uh, Colt try to play Friday the 13th, and I watched him, like, sitting around for 14 minutes trying to get into a game, and I'm just like, this is what gaming's like now? You just have to wait. Plug was it, in was the it Super a, Nintendo.
1: Was it a 14-minute tutorial like every game now has at the no, beginning?
0: No, no, no. It was, like, just, like, because, wh- like granted, that's a whole different story with, like, the team that made that game is really, really small, and their servers Like, they basically based, like, their server size and everything off of what their pre-orders and stuff were. Uh, And then whenever the game came out, they ended up selling, like, almost three times the amount of what they were expecting. Damn. So it'll get corrected eventually. But, yeah, basically it gets to a point where, like, you know, it's all online. And there's so many people trying to get into games that like you just sit in like in queue oh, man. for like 14 That's minutes rough. trying to get into a game.
1: That's really rough. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think like the most recent game that has come out that I have been like, holy shit, that was awesome, was probably The Last of Us. And like the gameplay wasn't necessarily anything new. Like it was definitely something that you've experienced before if you've played any third-person shooter. But it was a really cool game. And I mean, it had a really awesome story. The graphics were really good. So like it 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 felt good when you were playing it. And then when you finished it, you were like, "Wow, that was really pretty awesome." But uh but yeah, a lot of the other stuff like like right now a lot of people are into like the the Uncharted games. And it's just like I I played the first 3. The first one was cool. The second one was cooler. And then by the time I got to the third one, I was like, "All right, this 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 game series definitely has a formula, and they have not changed it. Like there was just nothing new in the third game, and I didn't even bother checking out the fourth one. Heard good things, but meh, just not interested. Um, ukulele was really cool. That one came out actually just uh, in April, beginning of April. Um, it got a lot of hate." On the internet, because everybody was like, "Oh, it's such a dated thing. It's all the gameplay is so dated. It just feels like an old platformer game." But that's literally what the point was. <laughs> they had a Kickstarter because they wanted to make a nostalgia plat, like a nostalgic platformer game for people who were into the Banjo Kazooie series. Yeah, and that game fucking delivered. Like it felt like Banjo Kazooie. The character interactions, the witty, like. British humor and banter in it like it was all there like it was it was awesome it was a really good game
0: you know it's it's hard people were complicated and you can't make anything that's going to make everyone happy
1: everybody wants more of the same but they don't like more of the same it doesn't make sense you can't make anyone happy
0: <laughs> that's kind of like the conclusion I've come to like you can give people the things that they want or what they say they want and then they'll still find a reason to bitch about it
1: I I think that it really just... you You know what I think it is? I think it's the internet as a whole. Before, earlier, I was talking about YouTube and SoundCloud and talking about all this other stuff on the internet. I think it's just the internet as a whole. And here's why. So when it comes to music, everybody is critical because everybody is a producer. When it comes to movies, everybody is critical because everybody is a filmographer. When it comes to doctors it's like the
0: accessibility to stuff (laughs) yeah
1: like whenever it comes to doctors everybody's arguing with their doctors because they're an expert doctor because they checked on WebMD. and now i'm not saying that doctors are perfect because like doctors (laughs) very often you know misdiagnose and, and give prescriptions that don't need to be given but the point i'm trying to make though is that like the internet has made everybody an expert in all fields you know Besides a pseudo being expert a fucking person right right yeah like
0: exactly an expert yeah. in everything but you know but being
1: a person and being yeah. social yeah <laughs> so and and then you have people like you know that that, that have anxiety disorders and we wonder why <laughs> like you know it's not 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 necessarily the person's fault it, it's just it's the generation that we grew up in like it's it's hard to be it's it's hard to be socially interactive with people in person or leave your house when you have the entire world at your fingertips and in your pocket. It's yeah. very
0: difficult. And if there's a problem, you can just turn away. Yeah. You can hide the post. Yeah.
1: You can you can hide the post, you can you can unsubscribe, you can just turn your phone off, you can you know, put it on do not disturb, whatever, you can just ignore it.
0: Can just ignore it, but if you encounter somebody in the street, you can ignore it and then play the same video game that you've been playing for the past ten years. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) And and, you know, you know, like I, you know, I can't,
1: I can't really speak negatively about that behavior because I do it too. Everyone does it, but like, it's a problem. Yeah, (laughs) it's definitely a problem, and it is like very much the source of a lot of problems when it comes to to social interaction these days. You know, I used to have terrible anxiety. And part of the reason that I had terrible anxiety and horrible depression was because I was a recluse. (laughs) All I did was hang out at home and and not interact with people in real life. And then, you know, after a while, like when I started dating my girlfriend, Tara, like, you know, she kind of broke me out of my shell and I've, I've receded a little bit back into being, being a recluse again, but I feel a lot better. You know, I I broke out and I stopped, you know, being a piece of shit and (laughs) being a piece of shit teenager. And I don't know. I just, I I guess I I guess I grew up, but I don't know. I I think a lot of it though. Brad grew up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I grew up. up. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, I think I think that a lot of what helped me though was just realizing that part of the struggle I was having with a lot of social interaction is that I was spending too much time tied to the internet. And, and a lot of other people, you know, had told me that even whenever I was a teenager, my parents told me that when I was living with them and, you know, you don't want to listen to it cause you're a stubborn teenager, but totally at some point you, you realize that, you know, maybe that is the problem. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I think, I think if everybody were to just deactivate social media for like a month or two, they'd probably come back with a whole new perspective. I've done it, <laughs> you know? So like, I, I think, I think. I think that that's a big part of, of, of the problem when it comes to that stuff. I don't even remember how we got on this subject. It doesn't really matter. Excellent. <laughs> when do
0: you think the Arcane Haven album will be? Are you, are you just going to leave it loose? It's done when it's done. Ah... I'll, I'll take i'm gonna take that face as a it's done when it's done
1: i'm gonna leave it loose only because of the fact that
0: <laughs> someone's gonna need surgery we or keep, something's going exactly happen. every time
1: every time we're <laughs> like it's coming soon it's coming in june it's wow i did not mean to make that rhyme it's coming soon <laughs> it's coming in june and then mike broke his spine like, <laughs> oh, like poor mike. Just, shout yeah, outs to mike like mike listening. break mike breaks his spine you know how he did it? You know how he did it? The, his first spinal surgery was a product of him sneezing. He he blew out like two discs. I think it might have even been three discs in his back sneezing. <laughs>
0: this is what it's like to get old. Don't put no pepper around that boy.
1: <laughs> yeah. So so for any 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 younger bands in the local scene that might be listening today, get your shit done before you blow out your spine with a sneeze. Cause that's just gonna that's just gonna set you back. No, it's not all Mike though. I feel like I feel like right now I'm just pointing fingers at Mike. That that's not it. I mean, it's just it's a combination of of like all of our lives catching up with us. Like Mike had two spinal surgeries. Danny had a kid, and then like you know moved out of the house that he was living with with with. Um, you moved right? I yeah I moved. You know we've just we've had and then like on top of that like we we um, didn't have a guitarist for an, an entire year and then when we finally got a new guitar player that was only just over a year ago so we've gotten a lot of shit done since then like probably half of the half of the work that needed done on the album has gotten done in the last year in terms of writing um and uh and we've just been like slowly chipping away at the recording process. So it's it's taking a long time. But once once we have this album done though, our plan is to immediately start working on the next one so that yeah. it doesn't take four years to
0: release our next yeah. record. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Um, but I, I would say I would say that we'll be ready to release it within the next couple months at the very least.
0: Looking forward to it. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna wrap this up. You know, do you have any shows coming up? probably not we have nothing we have nothing (laughs) right now we are literally
1: just trying to get the album done we we like we are all like we have just been sitting on this material for so long and we're just all kind of rocking back and forth on it in the fetal position yeah what we just want to get it done so we can start playing it live because we haven't
0: been (laughs) i had a really long like mustache hair that just kind of decided to fall off and then land in my mouth and i was like what the fuck (laughs) Look at this thing. I need to shave. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. Glad to hear that things are well. You're still a band, we're still playing shows. Glad to finally have you on the show. Yeah, For ta- anyone that's still listening, Brad was actually like one of the first like ten people that I asked to be on the podcast <laughs> in general. Like even when I was first starting this <laughs> three years ago. And now here we are. This is like episode one thirty seven, maybe six or seven it was a long time coming i'm I'm glad (laughs) glad that we finally were able to get it get together though and uh yeah where can they find you uh or the band or you whatever whatever you want (laughs) to (laughs) promote
1: uh well uh, i suppose right now um our instagram page is probably the most uh the most trafficked area of our social media so just arcane haven on instagram Um, and then we have a facebook page too and uh we also have a twitter You've music online has been previously recorded we, and released. We do. It's on YouTube. So that would just be uh, Arcane Haven on
0: YouTube. Nice. Well, thanks for coming over, Brad. Thank you for having me. And I'm gonna do an outro right now. That's a little start like this. And that's all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the conversation. Brad, longtime friend, ex-lover, ex-ex facebook partner which i'm surprised you didn't bring that up at all (laughs) i didn't have an opportunity to bring it up (laughs) yeah i think
1: we were in a facebook
0: relationship for almost two years yes we were (laughs) but uh i'm glad that we've we've mended and we're able to come back and uh you know be sure to check out arcane haven if uh you're still listening to this and for some reason you don't know me you can follow me on instagram facebook twitter all that at the real sykes or just at TheRealSykes.com. I have a new fancy website that will show you all kinds of stuff that I'm doing. And, uh, yeah. I'll be back again next week with another new episode. Same time. Same place. Same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2017. Woo! Woo! Give me your best whoop whoop. <laughs> Woo! Woo! Thanks for listening. Oh, oh. And Start the Beat is part of the Epicast family, which you can learn all about at epicastnetwork.com. Peace.